Welcome to the First Century Youth Ministry Podcast. My name is Heather. And I'm Mark, and we are your co-hosts. And we're here to take a look back into the Jewish roots of our faith. For the way forward in youth ministry discipleship. This podcast is a part of the Youth Cartels Podcast Network. Hey friends, welcome back to the show. It's Heather here, and I am leading our discussion on week number three of sexually explicit Judaism of the first century. So we are tackling kind of the four main players uh, with the different religious sects in the first century. And this week we're talking about the zealots. And so Mark is leading our discussion on the zealots today. So Mark, ready, set, go. Hey everyone, how's it going? Okay, so the zealots are interesting. Josephus says there are three sects of Judaism at his time, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the Essenes who live by the Dead Sea. And then he describes a fourth philosophy, the Zealots. And the reason he calls them a philosophy is that they're kind of a loose group of guerrilla fighters that kind of like work against the Roman Empire like violently. And they're not all that like regimented, you know? Don't think of the Zealots as like a little army running around trying to fight Rome at first. They get there, Hmm. but early on, and especially at the time of Jesus, there were a lot of proponents of violently uprising and overthrowing Rome, like the Maccabees did to Antiochus Epiphanes IV, Hmm. and they drew kind of their fervor or their zealotry from the Maccabean stories, like those were their heroes, right? Yeah. So imagine growing up. imagine growing up as a kid in the 80s or 90s, like a lot of us youth pastors, and for some of us, our heroes were like the greatest generation that went off to World War One and Two, or we would watch army movies and think it was totally. awesome. Yeah. That was the Maccabees for them. Sure. The Maccabees were like where it's at, right? Can I just say something real quick? Yeah. Personally, I think the best thing that the 80s gave us was the Back to the Future movies. Oh, yeah. Those or are so Rocky. good. One of those two. You know, it's hard to even, it's hard to even pick. But yeah, Back to the Future is so great. If I could have a DeLorean, uh, I feel like we should get back on track. Yeah. Sorry. That's, that's a great <laughs> Back on track to the Zealots. I love it. Yeah. So anyways, the, the Zealots um, kind of using guerrilla tactics, like violently yeah. resisted Rome. And there was even a faction of them called the Sicarii from the Latin Sica for okay. like short dagger or, or blade. Really? And they would sneak into like a crowd. Right. And um, imagine like big crowds. There's a there's an announcement from the procurator going on about what the Jews will now be doing or not doing. And they would sneak up real close to like a Roman guard, stab him under his armor and then move through the crowd away just a few feet and conceal the whole thing. And this is before DNA evidence or any way to track them down. Right. So they made a lot of like success with recruiting people that were zealous in their thinking into this group called the Sicarii's that would basically, you know, kind of underhandedly stab people and run off. Right? right. Now the zealot movement grows though, to the degree that they start in the Galilee fighting off the Romans. And by 70 AD, when Rome destroys the temple, mm-hmm. the zealots had actually been able to take over Jerusalem, fend the Romans off, They had been able to stake out Masada 
the Herodium and one other giant fortress in Jordan. And if you go there with Heather and I in Israel, you can walk up Masada. Do you remember this, Heather? You can see, you can see this like squares where the Roman legions camped still to this day. And you look out there and you see all of the old camping spots of the Romans and you're like, holy smokes. Yeah. These guys were actually pretty successful. Right. They yeah. they had like a whole legion camped out trying to deal with them. Yeah, well that's where they built that siege ramp over there in Masada and the zealots yeah. all kind of committed suicide. Yeah. Oh, I I hope we'll that we all get to listen to John tell that story yes. together. Yes. Anyways, so the zealots basically held the philosophy that we should violently overthrow Rome and we should do whatever it takes. And they, they gained all of their, like, I don't know, how-to-ness from the Maccabees of the past and stories of, you know, freedom fighters. And Jesus speaks specifically a couple of times about taking the way of peace Mm -hmm. in the face of intense Roman persecution instead of picking up the sword the right. famous line he says to his disciple is put your sword away. Yeah. The one who lives by the sword yeah. will die by the sword. That's right. And Jesus weighs in mm-hmm. on the idea that resistance to Rome through violence is the way to go. When right. he predicts that not one stone will be left on top of another. Like Rome's yeah. going to come in and clean house yeah. because of the way you're thinking about the kingdom of God as a theocracy that is as we need to shove out every political power and establish and establish the people of Israel politically. And for Jesus, remember, he believes in a spiritual kingdom that we can all live out in the midst of all sorts of governments, good and bad. Yeah. And so for Jesus, the most powerful force in the world isn't force at all. It's love. That's right. And as we're, as we're teaching students just practically without getting into big categories of violence and military and where we should stand as far as forcefully opposing evil in the world versus picking up arms without weighing into that issue, we need to teach our students to affirm creation and the goodness of life and peace whenever they can in a culture that really loves violence. I mean... Yeah, I think that's so key what, you know, you what you just pointed out was Jesus saying that if you live by the sword, you'll die by the sword. Yeah. And, you know, although I really believe that if middle school boys were given the chance, they would totally become a zealot and be like the oh, yeah. that short dagger people and stab people in like the lunchroom. I'm sure they would do it. <laughs> but My nine-year-old basically is a zealot. Yeah, He's just real. not a Sakari because I would never give him a knife. <laughs> but, but so like... <laughs> But I think of that, right? Like middle school kids, high school kids, the way yeah. that they might use the sword is with their mouth, with their yeah. words. Yeah, violent with, words. Yeah, with the things that they say through text message or on uh, Snapchat or Instagram. And it's the way that they tear people down with, you know, with guys. You know, they love to cut people down and make fun of them. And girls love to just talk really bad and make up gossip about other kids. And so I wonder yeah. what that would look like on a practical level you know, for us to help our kids not be zealots with their words and their actions, but to be like Jesus and to be an agent of love instead. That's a great question. I mean, because you think about what are those violent words aimed at? 
Well, they're aimed at taking power over to establish your own reputation or popularity or your own little middle school or high school kingdom. Mm -hmm. And we're saying go the other way. Follow Jesus in making a big deal of everyone else. Ask people follow-up questions to their stories. Go out of your way to let someone know, I see your value. I see your significance. And as that moves them, you say, well, Jesus taught me that. Yeah. And I, I think that everyday acts of life, love as opposed to everyday acts of grabbing as much power as we can mm-hmm. is how we follow Jesus in opposing the zealot ideology. Totally. You know? and, and even on the same note, you know, when it comes to youth ministry and discipline mm-hmm. and when we see kind of those kids who come in and maybe they're mean or they say things that are hurtful or... They straight yeah. up punch a kid in the face. You know, I had a kid shove a kid on the ground a while back. And, um, you know, I had to say, look, we don't do that around here. And had yeah. to call in their parent and say, look, like until X, Y, and Z happens, you know, unfortunately I, your kiddo can't come back to the youth group. And, you know, in a way I was not allowing zealot type of behavior happen because yeah. again, just like Jesus says, yo, stop sign. We don't act like that around here. That's not the way that we're going to bring forth the kingdom. And so I guess maybe from that vantage point, just Mm -hmm. encouraging youth workers out there who may be afraid of zealot behavior in their youth group and they don't do anything about it. And it continues and that kind of grows and there's people making fun of other kids or bad behavior happening and you feel intimidated because you're like, well, if I do something, then the kids won't like me or they won't want to come back or I'll lose this kid and, and things like that. But I mean, if you look at it, yeah. he just lost kids. Right? Totally. He did. He, totally. He lost kids because they just didn't want to adhere to his kingdom. And, yeah. you know, of course, we don't want to lose kids. We want kids to keep coming. But if we don't be like Jesus and deal with that zealot type of behavior, we're going to lose more kids in the long run. Yeah. Can I, okay. So I have a bonkers, funny, but practical story about yeah. this. Um, I'm not a big person. Those of you that have never seen us, but have heard Heather and I, I'm like five, two. And like in middle school, I was like 60 pounds soaking wet. <laughs> wow. So as a, as a youth pastor, I've literally taken kids like on trips and had adults look at our group and be like, do you guys have a leader? Yeah. And I'm standing like right there. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I've had that I'm just a middle schooler with the beard, you know, yeah. whatever. <laughs> but anyways, uh, I had a kid that I took with me on a mission trip to uh, Lynn in Boston. And he had this like flowing long hair. He looked like a Justin Bieber wannabe. Yeah. And he was small like me, like yeah. noticeably small for his age. Yeah. And I had behavior problems. I basically had a little zealot on my hands. Oh, sure. All stinking weak. He yeah. would play pranks. He would make comments to try to take other kids down a notch. And it was always that like moment of like, do I respond? Do I let that one ride? And finally it came to a head because I stopped, I'm driving these kids to a place in the city to serve. And we stop at a gas station and in the restroom is a stall. And the biggest kid I brought with me, his name's Kyle, just a huge guy, lineman type of dude with a heart of gold. Mm. He and Brennan go into the bathroom 
and Brennan pees on his shoe under a stall. What? Yeah, because he thought it would be funny. He thought, like, I don't know how he thought there would be no consequence. Like, I can't backtrack into a freshman's mind. No. Right? You never but can. basically, I'm the youth pastor. I'm in the gas station. Little Brennan comes booking out. His hair is flowing behind him, right? Like a, <laughs> like a Greek warrior hobbit. And uh, like Kyle's man. chasing him. And Kyle stops, and he's like, Pastor Mark, this is what happened. And I said, okay, okay, I will deal with this. I'm so sorry, buddy. Wow. And we'll take care of you. We'll get you cleaned up. Wow. I grab Brendan later that afternoon and I sit down with him one-on-one and I said, hey, buddy, let me tell you what I think is going on here. Mm. I think you're short like me and you're mm. wondering if you have value. And so you're doing A, B, and C to try to make yourself bigger. Yeah. But the way to make yourself bigger is to be a leader like you are and lead in love and affirming. And I look across and the kid's just in tears. Like wow. he broke the second I pointed out that he was little. Right. He was having the same like heart issues yep. that I always had. Yep. And what I was doing was I was dismantling a zealot heart sure. that said, I'm mad. There's been an injustice. Wow. The whole world's Rome and it's kicking me around. Uh, and so uh, I, I'm going to take what power I can yeah. in whatever way I can. Yeah. And I was saying, nope, nope, go the other way. Cause I've yeah. tried that and it yeah. got me nowhere. So go the other way. Wow. You can do that for kids. The specifically the kids that power up and try to make a big deal of themselves in mm-hmm. your group and mm-hmm. even act with physical violence. Like you, like you were saying, Yeah. you pull them aside one-on-one and you say, what is the need behind the action in your heart? What is the deep wound in your heart underneath the action? Yes. And you'll watch a zealot become a disciple like James or John, right? right. You might have a son of thunder on your hands. You never know. Because, you know, there is a tendency to just discipline, but not actually care for the heart. Yeah. It's, it takes, and that's, even as a parent, I have that issue, right? Where it's like, I just want to stop this dumb behavior. It takes time to sit and listen to a kid who's dealing with the fact that they're short or dealing with the fact that, mom yeah. and dad are getting divorced or dealing with the fact that, you know, their house is going into foreclosure or something like that. Right. And the way that they're responding to it is by being a jerk to a kid at youth group and yeah. it takes time for you to step aside from the platform or whatever to really figure out what's going on in that kid's life. Yeah. yeah. Um, kid, kid became a leader and his Justin Bieber locks. He shaved, he shaved his hair off as punishment. He thought of it. We creatively subverted the situation. Wow. And he shaved his flowing hair off as punishment for what he did to Kyle. Oh his idea, the whole group thought it was funny. And then I watched him embrace him in a totally wow. different way that I think hmm. Jesus' disciples that had zealot backgrounds mm-hmm. came to value. Like, oh my gosh, love and acceptance and belonging feels way better. You know? Totally. I think that's yeah. an excellent place to land the plane today, Mark. So, hey, friends, we hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to check out more of what we're doing at First Century Youth Ministry, come and hang out with us on our First Century Youth Ministry Facebook page. Go to firstcenturyyouthministry.com. Mark and I are going to be rolling out something super sweet. We're excited about our Mm -hmm. potential launch date is October 1st for a cohort where we're going to be launching our six-week curriculum on the parables uh, from a first century perspective. And so we want you to join us for that. And uh, we're super excited about it. And then also we've got our youth workers only trip to the land of Israel in August of 2022. 
And who knows what's going to be cooking in the oven here in the weeks and months to come. So definitely get plugged For in with sure. us. We want to know you. We want you to know us. And uh, I made I made some connections with some fun people. We actually made a connection with a guy from Britain. We're going to be talking with him here recently. Made another connection with a gal from California who loves basketball too. Thanks for listening to the podcast. And so, thanks. Welcome. For, yeah. So thanks everybody for uh, checking into this week's episode, and we'll check with you next week. See ya. Bye. Bye everyone.